0: Good morning, as Luke said earlier, today we uh, turn a page from the Advent season where we celebrate the coming of Christ uh, to a season that the church has always called Epiphany, so the 12 days of Christmas and all of that, um, culminating with remembering when the the Magi visited uh, Christ um, a couple of years, probably, after his birth. And... Uh, always representing this sense that God was calling people from distant nations to come together in one body as followers of Jesus. And uh, what better to express that than continuing our series where we've been studying through different books of Scripture, a series that's a couple of years old now. And uh, so the next few weeks we'll be looking at some of the letters in the New Testament written by the Apostle Paul. The Apostle to the Nations, the Ethnoi, the Gentiles. And um, we'll start today with Galatians. Uh, so, I have some good news for those of you who were in your uh, classes in high school and kept asking the question when are we ever going to use this? The answer is right now. Right now, we're going to use a little bit of geometry and a little bit of ancient geography to answer a pressing question that every human heart asks, when it's all said and done, what will be the proof that I should receive admiration and approval? Everybody asks that. When it's all over with, how, how will I know and how will those who matter most know? that it's really okay for me to receive admiration and approval. So we'll start with a little bit of geography and look at a map of the ancient Roman Empire. And uh, you'll see uh, these lines representing the first tour of duty that the Apostle Paul took as the apostle to the nations. Uh, He went on three, at least, Uh, tours like this that are recorded in the book of Acts, probably a fourth one that happened after the book of Acts was finished. This is the first one, and you'll see that his journeys took him into this green-shaded area. If you could read the letters on the map, you'll see that the Romans called that green area Galatia. Now, people who lived there didn't call it that, but the Romans didn't quite care, (laughs) We're just going to give it a name. We're going to call this whole area Galatia. So when the Apostle Paul writes the book of Galatians, it's just after he finished this journey, preaching about Jesus, uh, calling leaders to local churches. And then he went back and visited every church one more time to strengthen and encourage them. And then he returned back to his home base in modern-day Syria, the city of Antioch. And then Paul heard a report that, that just after he had left these churches, some new leaders came in from Jerusalem. And these new leaders were saying something different than he had been saying. And that's where we shift from geography to geometry. They were saying, you know what, Paul preached a circle and we preach a plus. Paul came through saying, well, there's one thing at the center of everything. That's what a circle is, right? One center point and then the the curve where every, every point is the same distance from that center. That's how you make a circle. When you introduce a second point, you don't have a circle anymore. You have, remember when you were in geometry, an ellipse? And an ellipse has two foci, two points of focus. So what was happening in Galatia is Paul had come through saying there is one center to all of life. One thing to boast in. There is one answer to the question, why should I receive God's admiration and approval? And the answer is Jesus. Everything centers on him. But then Paul heard that new leaders had come in. They were saying something different. Those new leaders were saying, you know what? Paul gave you a great starting point. Bless his little heart. I mean, if they were from the South, that's what they would have said, right? It's a way of saying, well, yes, sort of, he knew what he was talking about. He preached this circle, but we're here to preach a plus. That if you really are serious about honoring God and you're really serious about Jesus, then you need two things to focus on in your life. You need Jesus and you need something else. What was the something else? We'll, we'll, we'll find out more uh, as we continue to learn. Right now as Caleb comes and reads for us a few selections from Galatians, listen for this theme of boasting. Listen for this theme of how. what would be the proof that we really should receive Admiration and approval. Listen for Paul drawing a circle and saying there is only one thing at the center, and it's Jesus. And the list, listen for some hints about what that plus might have been that the new leaders were talking about. Let's
1: listen as we hear from God's word. Thanks, Caleb. The scripture reading this morning is selections from Galatians chapters 2, 3, and 6. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Consider Abraham. He believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand, then, that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Those who want to make a good impression outwardly are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised obey the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your flesh May I never boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Let's pause for a moment and pray. Lord, we pray now because we need help. We, in ourselves, uh, would not fully appreciate what's about to happen. So each of us gives you thanks that we are about to hear from your word. Uh, truth that you have to speak that would put our hearts back together as they were meant to be and that would help to put our world back together as it is meant to be through Jesus. We give you thanks for that. I give you thanks because it's an unspeakable uh, honor and joy to stand among your people and be the instrument through which your word would come. And I pray that you would change me. Uh, as well as everyone who's here. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Caleb read this verse for us as Paul says, Galatians 6:14, "May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ." It's okay to boast We tend not to think that. We sort of say there's only one kind of boasting and it's bad, it's arrogant. But if you need proof, there are a couple different kinds of boasting. Think about the Christmas letters that you got from friends over the past few weeks. I see you laughing already, Mark. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah. You know, you get that one kind of Christmas letter that's uh, sort of a celebration of the good gifts that have come into someone's life over The previous year, a graduation, a a grandchild, a a new home, a new job, uh, adventures and memories that a family or friends shared together, and you read it and you feel warm and happy, and you're so glad for your friends, and and you're in awe. You're like, wow, I'm so glad that all these good things came into this person's world this year. That's one way to boast is to talk about good things that have come into your life in a way that's healthy and that strengthens relationships, right? But then there's that other kind of Christmas letter, right? Our family is perfect. Little Susie's Science Fair Project won a Nobel Prize. <laughs> Fido won a dog competition and learned to sign his own autograph and they'll make the movie next week. And... Uh, you know, uh, Dave patented his chili recipe, and uh, we've retired now to the Bahamas. Uh, so, uh, hope things are going well for you also. <laughs> you read that letter? Do you have that friend too? Right? That's a different kind of boasting, isn't it? <laughs> That's the kind that doesn't leave you warm and happy and in awe. It, it makes you sick. It, it makes you feel like you lost a competition you didn't even know what was happening. Right? There's more than one kind of boasting. So today we want to learn how to boast in this healthy way. There are two kinds of boasting at work throughout the book of Galatians. I hope you all appreciate the challenge, right? Here's a guy with a Ph.D. in the New Testament who's given like half an hour to talk about a whole book of the New Testament. ha, <laughs> ha. Self-control is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, so I will do my best. Um, The book of Galatians is all about these two kinds of boasting. So today we're going to look at the, the topic of boasting, and that will move us on to thinking about the relationship between boasting and legalism. And then we'll get to see the relationships among that boasting and legalism and the grace that is ours through Jesus. We're going to start, though, with boasting. Um, Boasting is the way you answer this question. Why should I receive admiration and approval? The question is not, do I want admiration and approval? You do. I do. We all do. It's not a bad thing. We were created to be in fellowship with a God whose image we bear. He made us in His own image So he made us to be the kind of people that others would look at and say, Wow, what a great gift has come into your life. You reflect the likeness of your father. You're the father's daughter. What a privilege and honor. You're the father's son. What glory. You were created for other people to look at you and go, Wow. You were created for God to look at you and go, Well done. It's exactly what I want my image bearers to be like. We were created for that. Now, we fall short of that, and in Jesus, we're restored to that. But every heart is asking this question, at the end of the day, why? Why is it right that I should receive this kind of admiration and approval from the Father and from other people? What's the right reason? Well, there are two ways to answer that question. One is a circle and the other is an ellipse. One has one thing at the center, one answer to the question, the other has a plus. Right? The healthy kind of boasting that the book of Galatians is all about says, put Jesus in the middle and he is the answer to why any person should be a recipient recipient of admiration and approval from God. Right? That's what the Apostle Paul is saying as he writes the, the ending of the book with his own hand. Typically, Paul would dictate his letters and someone else would write them down. Uh, the book of Romans was written down by a, a guy whose name we know, Tertius. Paul writes this with his own hand and he says look I use really big letters some people think Paul had eyesight issues and um, and what 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 are the last things he wants people to hear well he says I want you to hear about the right way to boast right may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ I should it is right for me to receive God's admiration and approval But not because of anything about me. It's because Jesus has already won the Father's admiration and approval. And he's willing to invite me into that and share it with me. What an incredible thing. So your heart every day is asking the question, where can I get more admiration and approval? You don't wake up in the morning saying, where will I find the basis for my justification? Who will give me righteousness. Right? But, but when the Bible talks about righteousness and justification, that's the question it's answering. How do people come to have the Father's admiration and approval? Well, it's through Jesus. He wins it, shares it with us. And now that's the answer to the question. May I never answer this question any other way than to say I have the Father's admiration. He doesn't just put up with me, tolerate me. He doesn't just say, yeah, you're okay. He says this is exactly the way a life ought to be lived when he thinks about me. Because he never thinks about me without thinking about his own son, Jesus. That kind of boasting is good for me. It's good for the father. It's good for you. Man I never boast. And anything else. Right? So Paul says, man I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world's been crucified to me and I to the world. Now, one way to read that is to say, mm, "Christians hate stuff." Right? I've been crucified to the world. I don't like fiction, I don't watch movies, I don't dance, it's worldly, I've been crucified to it. That's not what this verse is saying at all. This verse is saying, when it comes to boasting, nothing else in the cosmos, that's the word for world, nothing else in the cosmos should be placed at the center of the circle, That when I stand before God and answer the question, is there a good reason why right now I should expect to hear your affirmation and approval? The answer is, Galatians 2.20, the Son of God loved me and gave himself for me, and that is the end of my answer. And there is nothing else in the whole cosmos that is part of my answer. There's no plus. When you add the plus, it becomes an unhealthy kind of boasting. What's the plus like? Well, we we got to hear a little bit of it. We got to hear... Uh, this sense that that there was a second group of leaders that came behind Paul and started to say, you know, Paul got you off to a good start. Jesus is part of the ellipse. You need a cross in, as one of your focal points, but now you need to add something else also. Well, what, what's the something else? Now we get to talk about legalism. We call that kind of boasting, the kind of boasting that adds a something else, a plus. Jesus plus something else is why you should approve of my life. Jesus plus something else is why it's right for you to admire what you see God doing in my life. Jesus plus something else. Jesus plus something else is why God gives me his approval. Paul came in saying, no, there is no plus. There is Christ. There is Jesus alone. There is one right way to boast. There is one reason why people should look at your life and say, oh, it's good. And it's because Jesus is at work in your life and that's it. Nothing else. But then this other group comes in and says, no, we need a plus. We need something else. We're going to stretch the circle out put in two things to focus on. We call that legalism. Now, most of us, when we say legalism, we think of this one-dimensional variety. I'm not an artist, right? So I'm doing my best. One dimension. It's between God and me. Legalism means I do good stuff. God gives me his approval. Simple. I do it. I earn it. I merit it. He owes it to me. I earn. He pays that's legalism, right? Most of us grew up in a, a culture saturated by Protestantism. And Protestantism has made us immune to that kind of legalism, right? We're like, man, I would never go there. I would never stoop to that level. So if Galatians is about that, Galatians is not for me because I'm good. I'm on the no-call list, Right? Telemarketers, I'm immune to them because I put my name on that list a few years ago, and so I'm good, right? Uh eh, telemarketer strategies are a little more subtle than that, right? Well, guess what? Legalism is a little more subtle than this one-dimensional model that we often think of. And so what you see happening in the book of Galatians is more complex. It works like this. This kind of legalism we see throughout the New Testament says, I win admiration and approval from God and from the right people by being better than the wrong people. You see how complicated that got all of a sudden? It's no longer just, you know what? God's pretty easy to please. I'll do the stuff he wants. I'll add some extra stuff and he'll owe me. And we're good. That's legalism. Oh, no, 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 no. Way more complicated than that. Legalism works like this. Jesus said, Luke 18, he's telling a parable about two men in the temple praying. One of them is a Pharisee, the other is a tax collector. And what does the Pharisee say? God, I thank you that I am not like other people, especially that tax collector. God, I know I have your approval because I'm one of the right people and we're better than the wrong people. Oh man, that just got complicated. I venture to say very few people in this room think they're good enough to make God owe them. But you think you're better than somebody. I do too. That's the way the human heart works. I want admiration. I want approval. I'm afraid that God's admiration and approval is not going to be enough. So I'm going to find a way to supplement what he offers. And if I have to earn it at your expense, I will do it. If I have to prove that I'm right and you're wrong, that I'm better and you're worse, I will do it. That's the way legalism works. So it's that complex thing that's going on in Galatians. And you hear about it throughout the whole letter, but let's just listen to one of the passages that Caleb read for us. Paul said in Galatians 6.14, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. But before that, he said this, Those who want to make a good impression outwardly, Who do they want to make a good impression on? They want to make a good impression on the right people. These guys who came from Jerusalem want to make a good impression on the other leaders back in Jerusalem. So they're trying to urge you to be circumcised. Hmm. See, Galatians has nothing to do with me. That's never happened to me. Nobody ever came to me and said, you know what? You want to please Jesus? Snip. That's never happened. But look what's happening in their world. A group of believers, of followers of Jesus, who had heard about Jesus and said, we, we love this. We love it. We, we grew up Jewish. We've been waiting for the Messiah to come. He's the one. We're so excited. Yes. Yes. And then they start to hear rumors that there's this man named Paul who's going out and recruiting ethnoi, other ethnicities, to be part of the church. Why does that make us panic? Because we grew up guarding the faith against the ethnoi, they worship idols, their morals are loose. The Greeks had no concept of marital fidelity. Every man was expected to have multiple mistresses. Young men to have their way with slaves to sleep with when they wanted to. And here we are trying to guard God's commandments, trying to guard his commandment against adultery. and that kind of culture, the Romans were known for tossing out unwanted infants in garbage heaps. And here we are, God commands us to honor life. And we've been pushing back against this. And now Paul is going out and saying, we want these people to be part of our Jesus movement. No, we're afraid. Our ethnic group is better at following Jesus than other ethnic groups. So we need proof that they're serious. So we want Jesus plus circumcision. Jesus plus you show me that you think we're better at this than you are so you're willing to take steps in our direction. Does that sound familiar? You see what Galatians is guarding us against? It's not just guarding us against this arrogance before God that would say, "Hmm, God, your commandments are pretty easy to follow. I'll add in a couple extra things and I'll please you and you'll owe me. It's guarding us against something much more subtle. The book of Galatians is shouting to us, Church, if you have ever made another ethnic group feel like they have to prove themselves to be part of you, you need to repent. Why have I never seen that in the book of Galatians until now? God's at work changing me, that's why. He changes us. opens our eyes. Draws us deeper into repentance and faith and says, you know what? I, I, I've been boasting the wrong way in ways I don't even realize. I need to repent. I need to be ready to ask people, how has my leadership in ministry made you feel like you may not be as good at following Jesus? As people who come from my cultural background, I need to be ready to answer, ask that question, and hear the honest answer, and come back to Jesus as the center. What does grace look like? Grace says, "You don't have to do anything." to win God's approval and admiration, no matter who you are or what you've done. All you have to do is trust Jesus, and he has won it for you once and for all. End of story. Grace says that to every person. Jesus did enough. The Son of God loved me and gave himself for me. But grace goes another step and says this. Any person, any person can receive God's admiration and approval by faith in Jesus. No matter what their background is, cultural, ethnic, nationality, language. It's why Paul spends so much time in Galatians chapter 3 saying been this way from the beginning. God said to Abraham, I want all the ethnoi, all the ethnic groups to be blessed through you. So anybody who has faith in Jesus stands right alongside Abraham, the first man of faith. So Abraham would never say, because I'm Jewish, I'm better at this than someone who isn't. And a true follower of Jesus would never say, I'm worthy of admiration and approval from God and other people because I love Jesus and I speak English. I love Jesus and I grew up in the Bible Belt. I love Jesus. We don't say anything else. What do I boast in? Is my boasting have a plus? Or is my boasting inside a circle? And everything takes me back to that one thing. Jesus. The Father loves me because His Son loved me and gave Himself for me. And I will not boast in anything else. And if my boasting makes someone else feel like they lost a the competition, they didn't even know was happening, then I am doing something wrong. And I need to repent and come back inside the circle where Jesus is the center. I don't know the answers about how we live this out as a whole congregation. But in Jesus, i got the freedom to start asking the questions. Lord, have we been adding a plus? Have we been making some people feel worse and others better? Help us to grow and repent. Help us learn how to boast in a way that heals relationships instead of fractures them. If any of that sounds appealing to you, you just heard a snippet from Galatians this morning. There's six chapters to go. Read more. It's a good week. Follow up. If God's doing something right now, this morning, in your heart, don't let it lie still. Keep, keep it going through the rest of the week.